What's going on, you guys? Tom is going off into the next person's video. Oh, shit. <laughs> in the video next to it. <laughs> this is a little bald head Although popping I feel up. Like it. <laughs> okay. All right. okay. What? It's the same. You're in the same spot. Yeah, I'm in the same spot. Okay. It looks, what? look, it looks like that. I know you're confused, but yeah. see, that's what it looks like full. See? So I got plenty of room over okay. here. Okay, all right. It's just you can't see yeah, it because yeah. I have the chat window open okay. because I need to see this. All right. You know I what I mean? You. you got me? I got right. you. Yeah. Okay. So, hey, it's a Haunting Mondays. Yeah. Danny Rowling, yeah, you are, um, yeah, you reminded me. I was like the stepdad, the actor that plays the stepdad in this one. Oh, we're going to have lots of jokes about that guy. Cause, Dude, the dick. Holy crap, what a fuck yeah. knuckle that guy was. But um, I don't know. knuckle. I don't know if that's what the real guy was like or not. But, like, the whole time I was watching, I was like, man, look at that Bob Vila-looking motherfucker. <laughs> but now that you mention it, he actually does look more like that dude from Home Improvement. Actually, maybe that's what... it Actually, it wasn't that dude, was it? I don't think it was. I've but never seen Home Improvement, I don't think. I, I saw it, like, a long time ago, like, a couple times, but I know who he's talking about. And he even, like, wore the same stuff. Like, he wore the same kind of... Like, uh, he always kind of had those flannel shirts on and shit like that. So he looks, like, a lot like... He basically looks almost exactly like that guy. I think he was slightly less chubby, but that's about it. But yeah, I think that I think that guy was simultaneously the most entertaining and the most like hateable part of this episode because <laughs> it's just like the whole time I was well, like, he's doing his job. He's supposed to be a dick. Yeah, I was like, wow, what a like what a shithead yeah. that guy was. Like I said, I don't know what he was like in real life. He's but... just the uh, the dick stepfather. Yeah, the uh, evil stepdad. Yeah. Now, I will note that I did find a little bit of outside material about this. Okay. Now, we've got some uh, theories about this show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I have to say that it's like, I hadn't really remembered much about this one. And I think I remembered there was like, you know, witchcraft involved, obviously, because it was called Spellbound. But yeah, this one seemed a little bit... Um, it's out of character for uh, slightly. Cases. I kind of feel like it was. It doesn't fit well documented documented paranormal cases uh, in terms of you know the patterns in which things happen. Um, things that things that I would consider to be kind of like a legit case. It doesn't really follow uh, what parapsychology you would use normally look for. Um, it follows other patterns. We'll, we'll, I'll let Jenny get into that probably. Um, but it, it's 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 not what it appears to be. I don't think. And it seemed like it's a not. Way of saying, I think it's a hoax. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, well, not a lot happened in right. it. The thing about it, though, is that I found some stuff like on the you know kind of not you know outside the scope of the show, like from the real people. And apparently, like a few more things happened that they didn't show on the show. But I still kind of think I don't know. Like I said, I have some theories about this kind of shit. For a case to be paranormal, paranormal things have to happen. And supposedly if a paranormal thing happens, I have seen paranormal stuff, so is Jenny. There has to be witnesses to it. It has to be pretty re recurrent. In other words, it has to be something that happens several times or many times and you know it's a real phenomenon that's happening. And I don't really see that in this, but, you know. To me, the religion's involved with this. Yeah, that's a nice way of putting it. Yeah. <laughs> There's a certain phenomenon involved in churches um, where sometimes to get street cred as a preacher, you can claim to be a Satanist. 
they used to be a Satanist. Yeah, like, yeah, I used to be a Satanist, and then you tell a Satanist story. That's a very, very common, yeah. because they love that redemption arc thing. Yeah, you know what I mean? and then there's redemption arcs in the story, basically. And uh, there's there's religious arcs inside the story. And um, it's just... Um, it's too... Well, it's just kind of churchy, you know? Yeah, this one, this one was a little bit churchy. It was yeah. churchy, It's kind of, and I'm not to say that, you know... If it involves a church, it's bunk. I'm not saying that. It's just that uh, this fits a pattern. You know what I mean? Oh, I used to be an ex-con, but I changed my life, and now I'm a preacher. Oh, I used to be a Satanist. I changed it. I changed it. Oh, my mom was a witch, and now I'm a preacher. Uh, just, you know, just that kind of stuff, you know. It's unlikely, you know. The, uh, I mean, it's always, you're it's always... It's more likely that you kind of t cook up a story... Yeah, because the thing about it is that I guess there's like a lot of competition. I wouldn't know, but it's like I guess there's a lot of competition, like with being ministers and stuff, and they kind of want to get like attention. You want people to come to your church and stuff. Yeah. And it's like it's kind of boring to just say, "Oh, I was raised religious and I decided to become a minister." The end. Like right, that's a yeah. really boring story. Mm -hmm. You want to sex it up a little bit, you know right, what I mean? Yeah. Oh, I used to be a heroin addict. I used to be a heroin addicted Satanist hooker. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like <laughs> just anything. <laughs> just anything. So you can say that it's like, "Hey, I was like." the worst of the worst and I was able to redeem us even if it's probably not true or it's like wildly exaggerated which I think it is in a lot of cases yeah and this tended not to work with our generation it tended to work with people that were older than us they kind of were they were more kind of uh, uh, they were more likely to be into the church thing and then to fall for stories you know it's very rare that you find a person I ever find a person that would believe a, a church story you know churches nowadays around here as far as i know they're more like happy clappies and i don't even they wouldn't get into the fucking demonic stuff yeah i mean i haven't been, i haven't been to them but yeah. I'd, I'd probably like uh, catch on fire if i walked into yeah. one of those but <laughs> I for a while it was pray the pray the gay away there was a lot of that they're still doing that they're still, they're do still doing it uh, yeah or you know whatever <laughs> Zach says, I now want uh, want to write a really upsetting dark comedy about the hooker character Jenny just came up with, yeah. right? <laughs> Danny Rowling also says, the look on the son's face when he saw the painting of Satan in his room was priceless. I mean, the whole, uh, yeah, I want to get into we that. Get because the story, the, yeah. Well, the thing about it is like that painting, it's like that technically wasn't really Satan. It was just kind of like the Wiccan, kind of like God and goddess figures. You know what I mean? I didn't say it wasn't really Satan. Yeah. I like how, you know, Wiccanism now is instantly Satanism. Yeah. Which, uh... It's like we're judging the Wiccan. Well, because yeah. what we were watching, it, I was like, oh, it's another Blame the Goths episode, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> you kind of... There's a lot of those. I never really considered Wiccan to be a real folk religion anyway. It's not very old. I think it might have been recodified by groups of people. Yeah, it draws on older things, it but it draws it's... on older things, but it's not that old. No, and it tends to be kind of hippie type. Yeah, chicks and proto goth women that kind of were into Stevie Nicks or something. You know, it's kind of like that. You know, um, I didn't even know any goth girls that were into Wicked. Well, not any real goth girls that were into Wicked. Um. I knew a Very one rare. or two, but it wasn't really that much yeah. of a thing. They didn't take it seriously. Maybe they might draw from some motifs of that, but I don't think they believed it. 
Yeah, I think more. It was just kind of more like a fun thing to do. I don't really yeah. think anybody really believed anything was yeah. gonna come out of it. But it seemed like pretty harmless. You know what I mean? Just having the, little. The goth girl I knew who was basically an atheist. Yeah, they didn't believe in any kind of supernatural stuff. Right. That's what I'm saying. I yeah. kind of feel like that's. I don't know. I did know a couple that were like serious about it. They ran a shop and everything, and they really did believe all that stuff. But they were actually like really, really nice. They weren't yeah. like weird or they weren't hippies or nothing like that. They were kind of gothy, but you know, probably like my same age kind, or same older. kind of. And they were they were girls. They were same kind of girls that'd be into like dragons and wizards and yeah, that kind of stuff. Go to the Renaissance Festival. Yeah, it's they're, yeah. That's that's kind of yeah. like what these two were like. They're more like that. They weren't they weren't threatening or anything. Or, no, or not at all. That's why I always kind of laugh at like yeah. a lot of these haunting episodes that once they have the Wiccans on them, like there's the, and then they practice Wicca. And I was yeah. like, <gasps> yeah. oh my God. And there's people in black robes going, oh, they're trying to, <laughs> like Anton fucking satanic r- rites. With, Maybe like, to nude some people that's and... like very scary. I'm just like, yeah. eh, okay, whatever. Yeah. So it's like they probably, like you said, they probably just go to the Ren Fest and yeah. like fucking hanging out playing D and shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's not really selling that. velvet handbags. Right. It's not really that scary, yeah. trust me. They're they're fine. They're burning not, herbs and smudging they're, shit. They're not gonna hurt you. Bring the sage. <laughs> you know? And then they're Put some crystals di- on stuff. Yeah. Fake Native American guys pretending to be Native Americans in sure. a fucking drum circle with the sage and I mean, shit. Like yeah. I said, they're not hurting anybody. Right, yeah. What tribe are you in? Oh, I'm in the I'm in the what you call it tribe. Oh yeah, what you call it? Yeah. <laughs> the what you call what it. What you call it, what you call it tribe. Yeah, yeah, I know that tribe. It's a big tribe. They're part of they're part of the Lakota people. Yeah, that's right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> fake Indians. Just make it Do you fake, they fake anything here in the United States. Yeah. Yeah. Zach says, Do you guys consider The Exorcist to be a religious movie? Um, kind of. It sort of is. Yeah, it was I don't actually know. responsible for a religious revival. It was, yeah, because yeah. people were like, "Oh shit, it's uh, all, it's real." Yeah. Zach also says, "Have y'all ever seen Summer of Sam?" Yes, I actually saw that in the theater when it came out, and I saw it like on cable. I actually remember it being pretty good. Yeah, it's basically Spike Lee trying to do a Scorsese movie about the son of Sam murders, and it is bizarre. Yeah, it was a lot weirder than I remembered. Like, I think when I saw it in the theater when it came out, I was like, oh, that was pretty good. But when I saw it again, I was like, that was kind of a weird movie. But I liked it, though. I don't know. Oracle says, uh, Tom and Jenny, there's a miniseries adaptation of Midwinter of the Spirit, which features the Reverend Merrily Watkins, a C of E exorcist, and you might like it. I think I've recommended the books to Jenny before. Uh, yeah, that might actually be What's really interesting. Again? Uh, Midwinter of the Spirit. Where, what is that, on Netflix or something? Um, I don't know. I have okay. to look it up. Okay. Um, let's see. Oracle also says, also, I'm perkier than usual today because I spoke to my little sister yesterday and I'm going to be an aunt in a couple months. Oh, okay. that's cool. Like, congratulations. I mean, not, you know, congratulations to you for being an aunt. I know you're not the one that's pregnant. <laughs> uh, Daniel Rowling said, yeah, of course, it's a religious film. It has to do with Catholics. I mean, the that's the thing. It's... It's, I think it's kind of like the perfect religious movie because it's a religious movie in the, in the sense that, like, the Catholics are the good guys and demons are real and they battle them and stuff like that. But it's, like, it's not, it it's not wouldn't, preachy. like, it's not preachy and it wouldn't yeah. turn off somebody that didn't believe any of that stuff. Because yeah. it's just like a horror movie. It's like a horror I mean? movie. There's a lot of them. It's like, you know, the prophecy was like that with Christopher Walken. I think yeah. there's two of those, maybe three of them. They were pretty fun. Yeah. About angels, fallen angels. Um Kind of like a vampire movie, but they were fallen angels doing weird shit. In a way. Right. Um, there's a lot of them that were like that. Noah was great. Darren Aronofsky's Noah, fantastic. That was like, 
something out of the Ridley Scott or you know what I mean like, like, yeah, that was like Prometheus that was a crazy ass movie yeah it was a creepy movie like, I told you you might like his newer movie Mother as well that's yeah. uh, that's a ride <laughs> that's also kind of like a biblical allegory but it's weirder I don't know if it's weirder it is kind of weird I really liked it but a lot of people really did it <laughs> they had a lot of religious and Christian movies the one where the damn dude thought, dude was telling us telling his kids that these people were possessed by demons they were bringing them in and killing them frailty frailty fucking yeah. fantastic horror movie yeah it was really good yeah because <clears throat> the thing about it is that i'm not really bothered by like a religious horror movie yeah because the thing about it is that i mean they're like well i don't really believe demon possession is real but i was like well i don't believe vampires and bigfoot and shit is real either but it's like i'll watch horror movies about that i'm able to like it's called imagination like yeah. i can suspend my disbelief i just see it like the same way as that yeah had that had that guy that was in uh aliens yeah the guy that played uh hudson bill, bill paxton bill paxton was i in. think he directed it too yeah it was a good movie mm-hmm He's bringing, he's bring, he's got these two little sons, and he's bringing people in. They were all tied up, and they're like begging for mercy. And he's, can't you see it? That's a demon. You look, and 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 the, the the young son is telling the story. He can't see it, but his older he's brother's like, going. I don't know, uh, Dad. Eventually, I think he's like, yeah, I don't know, Dad. Yeah, and eventually, the, the 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 older brother was like, yeah, no, I see it now. I see it. And they were killing people. And some there were women tied up, and pe- dudes, and the mailman, and just. And it, it was fucking creepy. And it turned out they are demons. Who knew that the mailman was a demon? Yeah, they were demons. Fucking mailman. Weird shit. <laughs> or at least you, or maybe you go crazy along with them and you start seeing them as, as demons. See, there's a lot of there's different a, interpretations. different interpretations. You know it. what I mean? Yeah. See, normally if a movie pulled that kind of stuff, because I have seen a couple of other movies that did pull that where it was just kind of like, they're like, oh, like the crazy religious people are, are right. Um... And normally that would piss me off, but for whatever reason, like, that movie didn't piss me off. It was scary. It was scary, It did what it was supposed to do. Yeah. You know. It's creepy. Because you're like, oh, man, those kids are fucking going through hell. Their dad's a serial killer. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a pretty... It's an awesome movie. I I feel like it's still... People, like, I feel like they know about it now, but I still... I feel like it's still a little bit underrated. Yeah, low-budget movie. It was low-budget. Yeah. But it was just well-made. It was, yeah. Uh, Holy Parish of Doom said, I thought there was something at the end of Frailty that tips the reality of the story in favor of the supernatural. Yeah, that's true. We haven't seen it in a while, but yeah. I haven't seen it. I'm pretty sure that, yeah. Yeah, it's been quite a while since I've watched it. Yeah, we reviewed it, but it's been a couple of years, I think. But, uh, yeah, so we said all that to say, uh, you know, that we're going to be talking about a haunting. Oh, before we do that, I don't know. Is Louie here? Uh, I didn't see him. Okay. Well, I guess we'll we'll do this again, like on the main show, because Louie might be here for that. But we just got a package from Louie today. Back from Louis. We'll announce it when he's here. Huh? Yeah, we we'll announce it when Louie's here. Yeah. I mean, I would show. do it now too. Okay. But I right. but you know just because I want to show other people too. Okay. But I just want to say like we'll announce it when he's here as well, and he might yeah. be watching it later. I'm not really sure. So we just got a package from Louie like about like an hour ago. And he sent us the, he sent us Reservoir, Reservoir Dogs. Dogs. Yeah, Blu-ray. Nice, which yeah. I haven't seen in like forever. Yeah. Also Pulp Fiction. Yep. Yeah. So we'll oh, probably be doing one of these. That's 4K. Hopefully it has a Blu-ray also because I can't play 4K. 
Yeah, it, it yeah, it, has it, is. Both? it says 4K Ultra Plus okay. Blu-ray okay, plus good, digital good, code. Yeah, good, yeah, good. you're fine. You're right. fine. And 4K TV. And here. he sent us a $50 gift card. Thank you very much. Thank you very very much, Louis. Yeah, you're quite awesome. a Christmas present. Yeah, we'll get right on those. We'll review them. We've yeah, seen, we'll, I've seen them both, but I haven't seen them in a long time. I've, I've seen, seen them both too. I've only seen Reservoir Dogs probably once or twice. I've seen Pulp yeah. Fiction a bunch of times. Like I think I saw yeah. that in the theater. They're too. both good ones. Yeah, uh, out of out of his catalog, those are two of the best ones. We should actually probably watch one tonight and talk about it on the matinee tomorrow. Good. So that would be good. Right. Uh, Zach said last night I watched a really bad mummy ripoff type movie by the guy who did Battlefield Earth, and it stank just as bad. <laughs> what was it called? Was it just called the Mummy? Or was it now? Are we talking about like the original Mummy, like the Boris Karloff one, or are we talking about like the Tom Cruise one? Look, man, I don't give a fuck what y'all say. I will defend Plant. I will defend Battlefield Earth. Okay. Well, I know you will. I will defend Battlefield Earth. You're going to be out there alone defending it, though. <laughs> it's a, it's a fun experience to watch. You and John Travolta yeah. and David Miscavige. Yeah, it's, standing there in a field yeah. all by yourself. <laughs> I, I think it's a. I think Battlefield Earth is a fun experience when you know where it came from, uh, L. Ron Hubbard stuff, what the Church of, Church of Scientology is like, what they're trying to say, and just the stories behind that movie. That that movie was is fun to watch when you know what it is they're trying to say because it's ludicrous, you know. Yeah, it's, it's ludicrous. Well, their you, whole shit you, is ludicrous when you actually know what it is. I mean, you know, they're trying to say that. A dude that looks a lot like David Miscavige is saving the human race from evil aliens that believe in all this crazy fucking corporate things, and they're just here to fucking abuse everybody and take their money. And you go, wait a minute, hold on. That's confession by projection. Yeah, I was like, um, that's what you guys Yeah, are that's doing? what you guys did. <laughs> are you really yeah. not that self-aware? Yeah. You're trying to fake us out, or what? <laughs> yeah. The cyclos, the cyclo, the alien cyclos is what they're called. Everything they're about is exactly what Scientology actually does. Not what it says, but what it does. Yeah. So they can't be that clueless, can't? Well, I don't know. Yeah, they can. I guess they can. Yeah. I, I say that about people, but then I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. I guess people can be that clueless. Well, know. a lot of organizations do that. I know. They are exactly the opposite of what they say they are, and they and the ones up up top know. You know, they they know they know that they're not like that. They are the opposite of what they say they are. Or they've talked them, or they've just talked themselves into believing their own bullshit. But I, I think I think David Miscavige knows it's bullshit. Tammy says, wow, can't wait for Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, like I said, probably let's do Reservoir Dogs first because I haven't seen that one in a longer time. That, I, remember, than, I remember that one being my favorite of, of uh, Tarantino. I think it might be mine too, favorite. but like I said, I haven't seen it in a long yeah. time, so I can't remember. And Pulp Fiction was good. Yeah. Oh, that was like my second favorite. I'm not a huge Tarantino fan, but... It, his crime stuff is in it. Th those are two of his best. I think those are his best ones. I mean, and I will say, too, that I really, really, really liked Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, yeah, that, that's right. That one was really good. We saw that in the theater. And, uh, Pope, that was really, really good. And um, the one that he wrote but didn't direct, it was called True Romance. Yeah, that was good, too. That was really oh, good. Oh, shit, we haven't reviewed that one yet, have we? Uh -huh. We should probably do that one, too. Yeah, that was really point. his first movie. Because I like that movie a lot. Yeah. Had Christian Slater and Patricia Arquette. And Gary Oldman. Yeah, that's right. It was a crime thriller. Real good. And, and he wrote the screenplay, but he didn't direct it. It's really good, though. Right. Really good. It's better than a lot of his movies that he directs. But Zach's talking about that shitty mummy movie. Uh, he said, I think yeah. it was called Gods of the Sun or something. It was weird and bad. 
Now I kind of want to see it. <laughs> Holy Parish of Doom says authoritarians are big on psychological projection, uh, cognitive dissonance. Yeah, yeah. I, I've noticed. Yep. Um, and then uh, Brenner says, I think Pulp Fiction is my favorite. And then Hateful Eight. Yeah, Hateful Eight is good too. I like that yeah, one. Yeah, I like as well. that one. That was a good I one. I like that one as well. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes T- Tarantino is on and sometimes he's off. Just depends. We went to middle school together. Dominguez Elementary. Well, that's elementary school. Elementary school, school. yeah. Well, that's middle school. No, it's not. Isn't it? No. Okay. Middle school, that's right. It's elementary school. It's sixth to eighth, I think, right? Yeah. Isn't that middle school? That's right. Yeah, it was Dominguez Elementary in Carson, California. He was a little bit older than me, though. I remember him, but he was out of there uh, about a year or two, two years maybe before I was. But I remember him. And uh, my friends, Jimmy and Mike, used to see him all the time working at the video rental store up there on fucking, not on Alameda, but uh, I forgot what street that was. I can, I can picture it, but I don't remember the name of that street. Though <clears throat> they're near a supermarket on a corner. That's where he uh, studied film. He studied film at the, the video rental place near, near our school. And behind that school is where Jesse James' chopper shop was. That um, was built in a damn industrial park that didn't exist when I lived there. It was just strawberry fields behind the railroad tracks. It fucking, was it West Coast Choppers, I think is what it was called. Yeah. Brent Ayer said he wrote Natural Born Killers as well. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, Natural Born Killers. Yeah, yeah that was the one with uh, Woody Harrelson and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Juliette Lewis. That's right. That's a good movie. Yeah, that was also a really good movie. So maybe that's the secret. Like, he should write things and not direct them. Although I like some of the ones that he directs. Some of the stuff he directs is good, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was fucking great. Yeah, I loved that movie. I forgot I have it. I forgot that I forgot that he did that one. Yeah, that one was yeah, great. Yeah, we saw that's... that in the theater. And then I think I bought it for you for Christmas. Yeah, I think overall that's his best movie. Yeah, I mean... Uh, yeah, that's his best one. I that's think. an awesome movie. I mean, and it's, anybody, it's great because it's like a hangout movie, but yeah. it's also like really, I don't know, it's just like really, really awesome. Anybody can it. watch that movie and enjoy it because you just kind of get into it. And it, it ends fucking crazy. It ends the way you want it to end instead of the way it really ended in real life. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of his movies are like that. Yeah, yeah. They're like, they're like wish fulfillment, you yeah, know what like I mean? Yeah, it's like wish fulfillment, But that's okay. That's what movies are for, you yeah. know what I mean? It's like it's kind of boring if just if you want to show like what really happened, just make a documentary. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, Danny Rowling said, "Wasn't Natural Born Killers loosely based on Spree Killer Charles Starkweather?" Yeah, it was loose, loosely based on that. We did a show about Charles Starkweather, did we not? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think we did Starkweather. We I thought we did, but I have to go check. Yeah, we've done like so many shows. You know, it's interesting. I was gonna say, like, just you know, before we get back into the actual topic, but um, I get. Uh, the end of year YouTube thing that always shows you like the videos that were the most watched like all year long. Mm-hmm. And do you know one of the one I can't remember what the first most popular one was, but you know what the second most popular one was? What's that? Was the Herb Baumeister, the Fox Hollow Farm show. Ours? Yeah. Weird. Okay. That was like the second most popular of our videos this year. That's what I was wondering. I was, was like, why one? that one? I can't remember. It's in my email, but it's like, yeah. I can't write. It was another one that I was like, huh. It was like a weird one that I wouldn't have, that I wouldn't have thought. It might have been a movie review. Now that I'm thinking about it, yeah. maybe not. Hmm, I can't remember what it was, but I just I I thought that was really really weird that it wasn't it wasn't like new ones. It was always like old ones that were yeah. like the most popular. But I don't know. That's like really strange. I was like, that's probably good. 
that's good info to have though because that's like your most popular one so you can kind of do more stuff along those lines i guess all right so um brenner says quentin tarantino has a podcast called the video archives podcast and he's been talking about giallos mostly hmm. really interesting stuff hearing his opinions on 70s italian films i might actually have to go listen to that because i'm really really into giallo movies um you know and i didn't know that he had a podcast where he was just talking about that like that sounds pretty awesome actually all right so are we ready to get into yep. a haunting yes spellbound all right so this episode is from season four and it's episode seven and it came out in 2007 so this is one of those ones that like spans a really long period of time right so it starts out in 1965 in Geneva, Ohio. Danny Rowling also pointed out that there was another episode called The Unleashed that was also about a Wiccan. Oh, yeah. And he said, oh, they shot it in the same two houses. And I was like, I knew those fucking houses in this show looked familiar. Because I said that to you last night. I was like, I know they put that house, the one that they live in at first. I was like, I know they put that in another episode, but I couldn't remember which one it was. Because I imagine they probably just, like, they reuse some of the same actors. <laughs> the reused actors. That sounds gross. But um, I'm sure they use, like, some of the same houses as well. But so, yeah. So this is taking place in Geneva, Ohio. So we have a woman named Sandra Waldron, and that is her real name. And her son, Gene. Which, I guess that's just what they call him. Like, that's not his actual... Like, I found out what his real name was. Like, Gene is his middle name. Like, but I'll get into that, like, later on. Because he actually, like, wrote some books later. So they've just moved into their new house along with Sandra's husband and Jean's stepfather, whose name is Steven. I guess that's his real name. Um, and like I said, he's this kind of douchey motherfucker who looks kind of like Bob Vila or um, Al from fucking Home Improvement, right? <laughs> Complete with like the plaid fucking flannel shirts. And he works at like an engineering company. So Jean, who was on the show, like he said that Steven was pretty much the only dad he'd ever known because he'd been like his stepdad since he was like two or three years old. And I guess he didn't remember his dad like prior to that. And, um, you know, so we'll, we'll get more into Steven later because Steven, oh, Steven. So anyway, uh, so one day, like in this new house that they have moved to, Sandra notices there's like a stone marker. It's kind of like a grave, but it's like not really a grave, I guess, even though it's kind of like a commemorative they call it a cornerstone, I guess, which I don't think that's really accurate because cornerstone would be like, hey, there, were, there was this building here. But it was kind of like marking where somebody had died, like the schoolmaster from a school that apparently used to be on the property. Um, this is apparently where the schoolmaster died. Like, I don't know. They don't know. They, and they never said, like, how the person died, but they just dropped dead in that very spot. And they're like, oh, quick, like, put a fucking cement slab there, like, to commemorate this occasion. I don't know. It's really weird. So they kind of put it there. The stone says the school was established in 1880, but um, I don't think it said, like, when the guy died. Although, like I said, I found it, like, somewhere else later on. So we'll talk about that later. Now, um,. Like I said, they didn't say on the show, like, who this dead person was or when they died. But I did find out something about that, like, later. So, Stephen comes home in his truck from work. And this is one of many times where I was just like, oh, my God, somebody needs to, like, punch this fucker in the face. So, Sandra's like, oh, can you take Gene inside and, like, get him, like, you know, to wash his hands or clean him up for dinner or whatever because I'm going to go make dinner. And then Stephen's like... 
I just got home from work and all I want to do is like go in and change my clothes and relax and water. I'm like, oh my God, here we go. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? And she's basically saying, hey, I told you that, you know, parenting is a 24 seven job and, you know, you need to help out. And he's just like, fine. Okay. So I was just like, Jesus Christ. All right. So uh, Sandra mentions at this point, because the real Sandra was on the show as well, and she said she always got the feeling that Stephen never accepted Gene as his own son, even though he'd apparently been his stepdad since he was like two or three years old. So this has been a while, because I think the kid was like, he looked like, what, about eight? He looked like yeah. about eight or something like that on the show. Um, and Sandra said that Stephen always seemed kind of like resentful, like he didn't really want anything to do with the kid. Sandra also said that she personally had always been really interested in the occult ever since she was a little kid. So she mentions this stone that she found in the front yard and Stephen, actually being normal for a second says, Oh yeah. Our neighbor Denise said something about, you know, there, yeah, there used to be a school on the property. So Sandra gets really excited and she's like, Oh, does Denise know how this guy died? But then Steven snaps back into douche mode and, and very, that's it. So he really only has, honestly, he really only has that mode. Like douche, every, mode, that's all he had, yeah. douche mode, pretty yeah. much. It's, it's just like douche mode and slightly less douche mode. It's kind of like just stuck over there. So, so he very condescendingly tells Sandra, don't start any of that hocus pocus garbage. Again, that's what he said. Um, you've been spending too much time reading those weird books of yours. And I was like, okay. And maybe you should spend more time taking care of the house instead of re... Cleaning the house. I thought he said cleaning the house. No, well, he said taking care care of the house or, like, looking after the house or something like that. Right. And I was like... Yeah. Yeah. Clean this house up. Stop reading them books. And that's the thing. It's like the house didn't look... I mean, obviously, this is a reenactment. So it's like, I don't know. Maybe the house was a shithole. I don't don't know. But it's like, on the show, it didn't look like it was a shithole. And she was like, "Uh, I keep house just fine, and I just made you dinner. So, like, go fuck yourself. That's not what she said, but that's probably what she was thinking. So she just leaves the table without finishing her food. He's like, hey, where are you going? She's like, "Mm, yeah, well, I'm done with dinner. Not really hungry anymore. Oh, I was just joking. Yeah, Yeah, okay. And I was like, I was like, please hit him. Okay. So Sandra gets even more interested in the occult after, like, she found that cornerstone thingy. And one night, again, she's, like, reading her little occult book. She just has, I mean, (laughs) apparently she had a bunch, but she just had this one because I guess it was, like, neat looking. Um, and she's like in bed reading. And of course, Stephen's whining about that. Oh, it's getting late. Why don't you put your book away and go to sleep? Blah, blah, blah. He's always like bitching about something. And I was just kind of Sandra. I was like, please give this dude something to bitch about. It's so, like, I was really getting sick of his constant fucking bitching. So over the next month, it says, Sandra kind of forgets about the stone thing in the front yard. So one day she's in the basement. It looked like the basement uh, doing laundry. And Gene is down there with her, like playing with his little toy soldiers or whatever. And she said, and I guess Jean heard this too, but they said they heard like what sounded like heavy boots, like walking across the floor upstairs because they were in the basement, like I said. So they thought that it was um, douchebag Steven, like home from work early. So they were just like, oh, let's go up and see what, you know, (laughs) what fresh hell he's brought us home today. So they go up there, but nobody's up there. So like, okay, that's a little weird. And then Sandra's like looking outside, thinking maybe somebody's outside. And then I don't know if she actually heard this or not because she didn't say it, but they had it on the um, reenactment where she heard kind of like, it sounded like a weird kind of like breathing or like a sighing kind of noise, like, 
like something yeah. like that. And she was like, what the fuck was that? And then Jean was like, what the fuck was that? You know what I mean? So it was like that kind of situation. Now, she said that this alarmed her a little bit, but she, it didn't really scare her all that much. She said she was actually just sort of curious. And she figured that maybe, um, you know, by making such a big deal about finding that cornerstone, maybe she kind of like and inadvertently like invited the ghost of the schoolmaster like inside the house. And maybe now he's like, you know, fooling around in there like ghosts do. So after that, that's apparently all that happened, like about that time, because then it said a few years go by and Jean is now 11. So I'm presuming that this is what, like three, four years later or something like that. So one day he's out in the yard and he's kicking around a soccer ball with, and two of his little friends are over. So Stephen pulls up in his truck again and we're like, uh-oh, <laughs> what's going to happen now? And the soccer ball like accidentally like hits the passenger side rear view mirror and just kind of like bends it a little bit. And of course, Stephen has a fucking meltdown about that, even though it was obviously just an accident. Now, the real Gene, at this point, he said, all my friends were terrified of Stephen when I was growing up. Um, you know, like as soon as he came home, everybody scattered, you know what I mean? Like, Oh, bye. We're out. You know what I mean? So Steven basically says, uh, tells Jean, we're going to have to mow the lawn every weekend until you earn enough to like afford to replace that mirror. It's like, you don't know what money is and blah, blah, blah. And like all this other kind of shit. So Jean says the real Jean says, Steven's always yelling. He's always angry. It's like, and never ever said any single nice word to him. So at this point, like Steven and Sandra's relationship, you know, is starting to suffer more because Steven just, again, seemed very ambivalent toward Gene. Like he would say stuff like on the reenactment, I kind of laughed when he was like, your son doesn't understand like the concept of money. Oh, I mean, our son. Like yeah, he yeah. said it like real fucking condescending like that. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, yeah. what a fucking asshole. I mean, that's a great actor. I don't, like I said, I don't know what the... Because he really, like, made me want to, like, actually hit the actor because he was, like, so hateable. Um, yeah. So, Gene and Sandra, they said one of their favorite things to do when Gene was a kid was they both were really, really into horror movies. So, in the evenings, they would, like, turn off all the lights and they'd pop some popcorn and, like, put a scary movie on and they'd, like, watch it and it was, like, really fun. So, they are doing that one night. And then, of course, Steven has to come in and ruin everything. Like, he just sneaks up and he's like, boo! And, like, laughs like a jackass. And, you know, just kind of ruins everyone's good time. So, Sandra says to him, it's like, um, how about you go have fun someplace else? <laughs> you know what I mean? Which I was like, yeah, go, girl. Um, so, he's like, yeah, I'm going to go watch the game with the guys. And she's like, yeah, good riddance, chode. So, but she didn't say that, but I'm sure she was probably thinking it. So, then, like, the day after that, Sandra and Jean are at Denise's house. She's the neighbor, by the way for a, like a barbecue or something. So Gene has to run back to their house like to get something. And while he's in there, one of the dining room chairs, and Danny pointed out this is very much like Poltergeist, which it is. That's probably where they got the idea. So one of the dining room chairs starts like shaking around. Like it was actually like a pretty good special effect, I yeah. thought. Like it looked pretty cool. Like I would shit my pants if I saw that in real life. You know what yeah, I mean? I have seen that in real life. Right, Things that's like what I mean. That. So... Um, so it's kind of like, and it's also, I don't know if this really happened or not, but it was kind of making a, like an evil laugh kind of sound. Like, well, yeah. oh, 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 Like it kind of said, it reminded me of like that, you know, the movie Funhouse, the Toby Hooper movie? Yeah. It yeah. kind of reminded me of like yeah. that thing that was out in front of the Funhouse. Like, oh, 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 like it kind of reminded me of that. So the chair, I don't know, the chair is laughing. I don't know. So it's like moving like that and it kind of like shot toward him because he was like sitting on the couch doing something and it kind of came sliding down the hallway 
And then it stopped, and he's just, like, frozen, like, staring at it, like, what the fuck? And then it looked like the seat of it, which was kind of, like, vinyl, and it kind of, like, smushed down like somebody sat on it. At which point the kid was like, yep, I'm out, and, like, yeah. got up and ran the fuck out the house. Yeah, I kind of called bullshit on this, on the scene, at least the way it was shown. Yeah. So I had something similar to happen to me. I was telling Jenny at the time, I was like, how the hell could he just stand there? <clears throat> at, at Mammoth... I was walking down the hallway, and Red was in front of me, and he stopped and looked into in, into the uh, bedroom through the doorway and froze like he was seeing something. And I kind of ran forward like two or three steps to look and see what it was he was looking at. And the rocking chair was sitting there in the corner of the room with two stacks of towels, white towels on, on, on the, sitting on it. And it was rocking back and forth, man. It's basically like somebody had, a, somebody had it and was rocking it back and forth hard. And I saw like a blur on the top of the chair and that blur just kind of vanished. It was weird. And I saw it and it took me two seconds maybe I saw the whole thing until I processed it. Everything that I described, I saw that maybe two or three seconds. And as soon as it, as soon as I realized what I was seeing, I ran, ran past him. And turned around yeah, and looked, like, and he no. he ran too. Yeah, he ran too. <laughs> he ran behind me, and then he stopped and turned around and looked back in there, and it had come to rest. So, man, just standing there and watch that, and then that thing coming towards you like that, yeah, you'd have jumped out of your skin, you know what I mean? You, you have you have survival instincts, you know? And just yeah, I kind of feel like it would be something else if like, you were in this room, and you saw it over there, and it yeah. was kind of going like that. Like, you might freeze up and be like, what the fuck? Like, you... Yeah. Like you weren't sure what you were looking at, yeah. but if it started coming toward you, I kind of feel yeah, like you, you were just instinctually yeah, yeah. like probably just run away from it. Yeah, you would think not I, just let it come right up to you. I looked like at, arr, arr, arr. I looked at that rocking chair fucking flying back and forth violently, and I only looked at it long enough to actually process and understand what it was I was seeing. As soon as I realized what I was seeing, I was like, nope, <laughs> ran, you know. <laughs> It was fucking scary. Don't like that. That was one of the first, that was one of the few things I actually caught in the act of moving. Everything else was just, it had arrived or, you know, something moving out of the corner of your eye. But I was trying to catch it actually moving stuff. You know, Lois and Red saw it throw things, you know, but I always saw things kind of like arriving or they were already there, you know. Turn around and you turn around and there's something there that wasn't there just a few seconds, just a second ago, you know something from another and it came from another part of the house you're like how'd that get up here that was from downstairs you know little small objects usually danny says the father was shitty to gene because he wasn't his own blood which is shitty as fuck i agree uh the mom makes a mean looking lasagna it looked so good it really did didn't it (laughs) that was a good looking lasagna yeah so the the case the first thing that starts off kind of sounds like poltergeist rspk recurrent spontaneous psychokinesis but as the story goes on, it it's not poltergeist-like. It's, uh, and it didn't follow a poltergeist arc of getting stronger and then doing certain things and then ebbing and flowing and then lasting a couple of weeks and fading away. That's usually how it goes. And then, you, you know, it's always unresolved. No, no narrative behind it, usually. There's no narrative. If there is a narrative, it's a narrative that some psychic came in and made the narrative up. You know what I mean? It didn't come from the poltergeist itself. There is no narrative. 
Danny then says uh, his mud-stained mirror was going to cost Steven an arm and a leg when in reality a wet rag would have fixed it. Yeah, pretty much. It basically just kind of like bent it like that. You could have just like kind of... I'm not like sure what... Because that was like an old car, but you probably could have just bent it back and cleaned it. It wasn't broken or nothing. Yeah, he just he just wanted to whine about something. He was a big whiner. Yeah, Tammy goes, that's right. A fight or flight. But yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I admit I probably would have if I probably would have punched the chair <laughs> if it like came flying. I mean, like, you know what I mean? Here it comes, like fucking flying at you. But like I said, I don't know if that's they. I'm sure they probably exaggerated because I will say there's not a lot of poltergeist type phenomena yeah. going on in this one. So I kind of feel like the rare occasions that it does happen, I think they kind of maybe amped it up a little yeah. bit. That's all I'm gonna say. I think Lois, my aunt Lois, was a good example. Of what Tammy, I'm, t I'm addressing this to Tammy. Tammy, I think my aunt Lois was a good example of what your average person does when they see something move and it's paranormal. I was in the living room and Red and Lois were in the bedroom looking at something because objects had been moving all fucking night, and I heard Lois scream and then laugh, and I ran in there, and it, the I didn't know what had happened, and she was. The, the, the bedspread was on the fucking ground, wrapped around both Lois and Red's feet, and um, Red was fucking looking up at the top of the, above the, uh, the sliding doors of the, uh, the closet, there was like, a, it would flatten off where you could put stuff above the closet, all right, because it had a vaulted ceiling, and it didn't go all the way up. And I could see the corner of a pillow up there. And he was pointing at it. And he goes, the pillows are up there. And I was like, what? And then I heard Lois scream again and jump up and down. And goes, oh, my God. Whoa, 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 whoa. And she's like dancing. And then it stopped. And, then, and we're like, what happened? And she, and she goes, it grabbed me. And it took me a few minutes of asking them what had happened. They were looking at the bed. Three or four pillows flew off the bed, went over their heads, went on top of the closet. And Lois screamed. And when... When she screamed, the bedspread flew off the... She said it came off the bed like a manta ray, just in a single piece, and went around and wrapped around their feet like a wind, but there wasn't a wind. And then she felt something come up out of the floor and snake around a leg and snake around her waist and go up her arm and vanish. She said it felt kind of like a cross between a, a cold snake. She couldn't see it. With a hand on it. She said it felt like a hand. It came up out of the floor and wrapped around her and then jumped off. And we couldn't see it. I was looking right at her. She just said she could feel it. And, yeah, uh, pretty creepy. So it's screaming and then laughing. Because what are you going to do? You know, it's Well, surprising. yeah, it's got to be like, yes, yeah, so like it's, disbelief. Yeah, so you're like, like holy shit, did yeah. that just happen? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, now I didn't see the pillows come off. Lois and Red said when the pillows came off the bed, they were spinning slightly. And almost like they were in zero G. And they were moving fast. Red, Red estimated they came off of there probably about 50 miles an hour. And then the beds, and there was nobody there. And uh, when the bedspread came off, she, they kind of heard a, a whoosh sound, you know, like a bed, like like a wind coming. But they didn't feel anything. It was just the sound of the bedspread. And it was, and Lois said it like lifted up off the bed an inch, and like there was uh, like a anti-gravity or a wind underneath it and it just slid off and said it looked like a, an octopus like a living thing whatever had a hold of it had a hold of all of it not an edge of it and pulled on it you know it was weird of course I didn't see that that was Lois and Red saw it 
Danny says, the Unleashed is actually a scarier episode, but still on the same level as this one. Yeah, well, maybe we'll do that one next. Because um, I don't think we've done that one, actually. El Padrino just arrived. Uh, hello, everyone. Says hello there. Hello. Welcome to the show. So, yeah. So, we were talking about, like, the chair, like, flying toward the kid, right? Yeah. And how he just... Well, he did run away, like, when the chair... Well, not when it came at him. Like, it when the chair, like, looked like somebody was sitting in it. Like, yeah. when it went you down like that. Go down, like, that was like, just, like, a step too far. He's like, right. yep, I'm out. So, he runs away. Now, he said that he felt like something evil was in the house. Because, you know. Now, Sandra, at this point, is still talking to, is talking to the kid. Because, you know, he says what happened. And she's like, well, I just think it's the ghost of that schoolmaster. Um, you know, so don't, like, get too upset about it. So she's actually an aspiring writer. So she starts writing about, like, the stuff that Jean experienced, right? So after a few weeks, uh, so at least according to the show, it says Jean sort of forgets about the weird chair thing, which I kind of find that hard to believe. You know what I mean? Like, a fucking chair, like, went like that and, like, flew at me and laughed like... Toby Hooper's Funhouse. I don't think I'd be forgetting about that anytime soon. But, you know. So, they're all supposed to be going on this boat trip, like a fishing trip one day. But, of course, Stephen gets angry because he's always getting angry at something. Uh, because Gene is just sitting in the boat, like, just kind of fucking around. He's not breaking anything or nothing. He's just kind of sitting there going, woo, like, pretending to steer the boat. So, Stephen is just like, get out of the boat. What are you doing in there? Blah, blah, blah. And he's, like, pissing and moaning. And he's like, um, yeah, I worked hard to buy this boat to make... <laughs> Sandra happy I was like yeah I'm sure she really gives a shit about your boat dude <laughs> that's why that's why you like justified paying all that money for it blah 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 so finally uh Gene is like fuck it I don't even want to go on the fishing trip anymore um and he's like I'm just gonna stay home now Sandra is like yeah I think I'm gonna stay home too because obviously this is not gonna be fun for anyone involved but uh obviously Stephen will not allow her to stay home because she's like oh well my friends are gonna be there and it'll look bad if you don't go with me like what am I gonna say to them you know, I'm like, well, they probably already know you're a douche, and so they don't even, you don't have to say anything. They probably figured it out. But, um, yeah, Sandra's like, well, I don't want to leave the kid home by himself. And Steven is like, oh, he's plenty old enough to leave him by himself. Like, he's not a baby, blah, blah, blah. So they just leave him there. He's like, I'll just go to my friend's house. So that's what he does. Gene goes over to his friend's house for a little while. But then he comes back home after dark, and his parents aren't home yet. So he's sitting in the house by himself reading a little comic book or whatever. And then he starts hearing creaking, like somebody walking around. And he sees a shadow go by, like, outside the window. Now, when he goes to look, like, one of the chairs, like, starts going ham again. It goes, like that. And then, like, he sees a guy in the window, like, the little, like, um, strip of window, like, next to the door. So this dude, I think he had a suit on. But I don't know if it, he really did. But the guy, descri he described it, the real Gene. He said um, the dude was tall and thin, and he said his face was red and disfigured. So he's just, like, out there. He's looking all, like, fucking... He didn't really look like Freddy Krueger, but his face was, like, all gory, like his skin was peeled off or some shit like that. Because Zach said he saw this. He's like, I remember this episode. That head in the window freaked me out so bad as a kid. <laughs> I didn't want to look outside at night. Yeah, this was actually one of the scarier uh, apparitions, I guess. So he sees that, and he just uh, screams and screams and screams. Now, moments later, like, the doorknob starts rattling, and then Stephen and Sandra come home while Gene is still standing there screaming his head off. And Stephen is, of course, like, oh, I guess you were right. Like, he is a baby, and he wasn't old enough to stay home, or, like, alone, because he's, like, sitting here screaming. And I was just kind of like, it's, when is a truck going to hit this guy? Would it's, like, sooner rather than later, please? It's like, oh, my God. 
So Gene tells his mom about all the stuff that he saw, like the apparition and stuff. And she finally shows him the cornerstone. I was, cause it's been like a few years. I was under the impression that he already knew about that because I thought she brought it up like at breakfast one morning. I thought the kid was sitting right there, like back in 1965, but maybe not. So she actually goes and shows it to him. And it's like, this is probably the dude that you're seeing. And then Sandra says, oh, I've had a bunch of encounters with this spirit and I've never felt threatened by him. And I'm like, they didn't show that on the show though. And they did, this is the first time they mentioned it. Hmm. Like they didn't show her having any encounters with this spirit. Like they didn't bring it up like before now, but I don't, that, I don't know. It's really weird. Um, so Gene said he felt better. Like after his mom talked to him, she's like, uh, she tells him she pulls like a, um, you know, like, uh, like Scatman Crothers, like talking to Danny in The Shining, where he's just like, oh, they're just like, just like those scary movies we watch. It's like, they can't hurt you, yada, yada. So that night, Sandra stays up after Stephen has gone to bed to read her occult book because she's got to sneak into it. And she wants to see if there's a way to remove the spirit from the house because she's like, well, I don't feel threatened by it particularly, but Jean is freaked out by it. So I'm going to see if I can get rid of it. So she's down there reading, and of course, Stephen comes down, and he's like, where are you? Come on! Like, you have to, you know, and she has to, like, hide the book and all this other kind of stuff. It's ridiculous. Um, yeah, don't take too long to come to bed, he says, and I'm just like, oh, I'm like, please, oh my god. So Jean apparently doesn't see the ghost anymore after that. Apparently. But new problem. well, <laughs> the show says new problems have developed. I was like, well, actually, it's the same problem. It's Stephen. <laughs> it was, like, the big problem. So this, but at this point, like it's now become unbearable because this has been like several years. So Sandra and Steven are like fighting all the time and to escape the house, Gene starts going to church. Here we go in the churchy direction uh, with his friend all the time. And he really likes it. So he just like keeps going. He really likes church and he really likes being out of the house because he doesn't want to be around his parents. So they're fighting all the time. Sandra, meanwhile, uh, starts to have this recurring dream where she's like driving in her car and she's passing a sign that says welcome to someplace in Texas and sort of like seeing Steven like kind of going by like in her side windows, like the car windows, you know what I mean? It's not, she doesn't look like she's running him over, unfortunately, but it's like, he's like kind of like in the side sort of thing. And I think there's like a flash of like somebody in a black robe or some shit like that. So she's said she had this dream like a bunch of times, like over several weeks. And she said it felt like really vivid, like way more vivid than her regular dreams. So finally, um, Sandra breaks down and tells Stephen, look, I can't tolerate your ass anymore. Um, and she divorces him. And then she ends up moving back to Texas City, like her hometown, because she still had family there. Now, on the drive down, she has a vision like back to the dream she was having, like the dreams she was having were like foretelling the future because she hadn't she said she actually hadn't left geneva ohio in a really long time so it was really weird she had like this re really weird like deja vu when she was driving down to texas because the road looked exactly the same and like the signs looked exactly the same and like she had seen them already you know what i mean so Sandra's able to find this little house for them to live in now in one of the rooms under this rug she finds a pentagram of course how many episodes have there been where they move <laughs> into a house and they pull up a rug and be like, I mean, that can't be that common. Come on now. <laughs> it it's just common can't be. to put that in a story because that's what I'm saying. Because it's a meme. Mm -hmm. Oh, look, a hidden pentagram underneath the carpet. Must be Satanist. Yeah. I have literally it's never it's seen it. Because it's out of a movie. It go, it's it's it got to be. It goes back to the Indian burial ground story. Yeah. Oh, it must be an Indian burial ground. Yeah. Yeah. I Couldn't mean, be white folks. 
<laughs> white folks would never do yeah, stuff like this. Yeah, white folks would never haunt this place. <laughs> <laughs> Which is pretty. <laughs> now I want to see a. Now I want to see a horror movie called White Folks Would Never Haunt This Place. <laughs> Somebody make that. Just put it up on Tubi. It'll be, it'll be fine. But yeah. So um, so she finds a pentagram under the rug. There's a lot of that going around on this show. Um, and she's actually, like, not scared. She's, like, excited about it. She's like, ooh, witches lived here. Because, like I said, she's real into the occult and everything. And so she figures, yeah, like, there was witches. And she's like, oh, maybe it's meant to be. Like, maybe, um, you know, I was meant to, like, move here. You know what I mean? Like, it's a sign or whatever. So over the ensuing few years, because I'm assuming this is going to be, we're talking, like, six, seven years. Like, they're jumping ahead. So Sandra's having a hard time. I mean, she's a single mom, obviously. Um, and she said, well, she was married to Steven for a while and she didn't work then. She was, you know, she was a homemaker. So, she, you know, she just kind of had to take whatever work came along and she was kind of getting behind on her bills and everything like that. And she wants to be a writer. Like I said, she's been trying to sell some of her stories to a publisher, but hasn't really been able to get any interest or, you know, anything in that regard. Um, and her and Jean have kind of started to drift farther apart. I think they were making a bigger deal about this than it probably was because it's like, you know, she's a single mom. He's like a teenage boy. It's like once, you know, when they're teenage boys, it's like they want to go hang out with their friends. They don't want to like, you know, hang out with their mom. That'd be weird. Because so, you know, so it's kind of like Sandra's like, oh, well, there's a zombie movie on tonight. And he's like, you know, I'm not into that kind of stuff anymore, mom. I got stuff to do with my friends, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? And she was like getting bummed out about it. And I understand that moms do. But like I said, that's just a very normal thing that happens. I didn't think that was that weird at all. But I mean, it is kind of lame that he's like, oh, I don't like scary movies anymore. I was like, fuck you, dude. <laughs> scary movies are awesome. So, uh, so yeah. Basically, um, she decides that she's going to get more into the occult, more into Wicca, because I guess she's lonely, you know what I mean? And she's kind of also hoping that it's going to change her life for the better. She said she also liked it because it was more like, uh, you know, men and women being equal. And she liked that kind of thing because it was God and goddess and all that. And like I said, she liked that they believed that you could like harness energies and like change things, like make positive changes in your life and shit like that. What are you doing? Oh, you're gonna. Oh, you're gonna turn the fan on. Yeah, I'm gonna make Pookie mad. You're gonna make Pookie mad. Yeah, yeah. I've started calling. She makes a little face when she gets upset with us, and it looks like a little mad face. So I started yeah. calling her little mad. Little mad, yeah. She, because she just like. Yeah. She makes a little face like that. When the fan, the ceiling fan turns on. She looks at it. <laughs> her little, it's her little eyes yeah. go like that. Yeah. She's like, it's hilarious. It's yeah. hilarious. Her little mad face. Yeah. It's not just when you turn the fan on. Whenever anything. You, whenever you do something that pisses her off, she makes yeah. that little face at you. Yeah. And I was like, oh, little mad. She gets mad at a lot of things. She does. Yeah. <laughs> it's we funny do, when she gets mad. We hey? should do like that Billy the Talking Cat. Yeah. Commercial where she, you know, she pushes the buttons. Yeah. And Billy's favorite button is the one that says mad. Yeah. Cats, I are, cats are angry. I guess so. Yeah. I, th I feel like if we got one for Pookie, she would be pushing the mad one all yeah. the time, too. <laughs> just mad, mad, mad. You yeah. know what I mean? She, yeah, she'll totally do it. But you can just tell by her face. So, uh, so yeah. So, Sandra sets up an altar. Um, she said she didn't really have anybody to, like, teach her how to do Wicca or anything like that. So, she was just, like, basically reading books and figuring out how to do it. So, the first ritual she does, she said, was one for kind of, like, prosperity and she said it actually seemed to work. Like, a few weeks after she did it, a magazine actually buys one of her stories and sends her, like, a big check. I don't know how much it was. 
Um, so she was like very encouraged by that. So she's like, ooh, I'm just going to get even more into it because that fucking worked and I got some money. That's pretty awesome. Gene, though, who is about like 17 or 18 at this point, like he's in height, like about to graduate high school. Um, he really does not like this. He's scared of the supernatural stuff and he starts kind of like, you know, drifting farther away from her. Gene said that his mom like talked about the occult like all the time. And he kind of started to feel like, well, we've just gone completely different ways. Like, we've become different people or whatever. So um, she's all like, oh, what are you going to do after graduation? You're going to find a job. And he's like, "Uh, bye, Mom. I'm joining the Air Force. So basically, like, a couple days after he graduated from high school, he went away and joined the Air Force. And he said that their relationship during this time period was very, very strained. And he just thought it would be good to, like, get out and, like, make his own life or whatever. So because Sandra is now in the house alone, she gets, like, way more into Wicca at this point. So over the years, like, while he's in the military, like, Gene kind of, like, loses touch with his mom, right? So he's in there for seven years, and then he goes back home, like, to Texas City. Now, when he sees his mom, this part made me laugh. When he sees his mom, he's shocked because she's all gothed out, and he it, he's a little bit judgy about it, gonna say. She had dyed her hair black, and it's like, and she had black clothes, like a black blouse on and black pants on and her dyed black hair. I'm like, oh, scandalous. And you look to this woman, and I'm going like, oh, yeah, she'd make a fantastic goth. <laughs> she should have like, nah, no. <laughs> no. I can't. I mean, this was many years ago, but I'm just saying, I don't know what I don't she know looked when like this when was she was supposed young. to be, but yeah. I don't know <laughs> when this was supposed to be. I mean, it's hard to tell because, like I said, she was pretty, she was much older. Yeah. Like on the show. Uh, now, even old goth women, fucking, no. They don't look like that. Well, I like I said, I have my theories. They age this. goth. They age goth. Jenny's 50. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they look like this. They look like this in their 50s, 60s and 70s. Yeah. Yeah. Look at Cassandra Peterson. Yeah, that's true. You know. She looks to be Jenny's age. Yeah, and yeah. she's significantly she's older 74. than me, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she looks great, actually. No, she looks fucking sexy, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so this, yeah, this part made me laugh, because he was like, oh, what's this all about? Yeah. Just like, you know, your black clothes and your black hair. And like I said, even the actress didn't really look that weird, to be yeah. honest. She just looked like she was, like, from New York or something. Yeah. Um. So he's also, like, real oh, shitty about all her Wiccan stuff in the house, even though I'm like, yo, you haven't even lived here for seven years. You go away for seven years, and then you come back to your house, and your mom is nice enough to, like, let you stay there. And you're just going to come in and be like, oh, you redecorated, it looks like. Like, with all your, like, fucking pagan bullshit or whatever. And I was just like, oh, boy. So, here we go again. Um, yeah, so he goes back into his old room, and she said, oh, it's the same as you left it, other than this painting over his bed. And he's just like oh, well, this wasn't here before. And he's like, there's a painting, and it was it was of the devil. And I'm like, not exactly. It was just kind of like, it was like a horned, it was like the horned god and like the goddess, kind of like a wicked thing. You know what I mean? It wasn't really devilish or offensive or anything. I don't know what the real painting looked like. Might have been of the devil. I don't know. But it was like the one on the show didn't look that offensive. Um, it wasn't very well painted, but it wasn't like scary or anything. But he was, like, very offended by it, so he, like, took it down. So, because, in case you couldn't figure it out, uh, while Gene has been in the military, he's basically become, like, a super, super, super Christian. Um, and, you know what I mean? Although, I'll get into that because he actually talks about that outside of... Because he's written several books, uh, I discovered. And um, he says, like, a slightly different thing 
about when he became a Christian. You know what I mean? Maybe, I mean, maybe he just became, like, more of a super Christian while he was in the military. I don't really know. Um, so, I don't know. So, he's talking to his mom, and he's like, hey, how's it going, mom? And she's like, oh, my God, my life is, like, so much more awesome now that I do Wicca. <laughs> Which I'm sure she probably didn't say, but whatever. But Gene is like, oh, whatever. And, like, he, he thinks that she's, like, messing with things that she doesn't understand, right? Like, I'm sure he understands them so much better. So, uh, that night, he kind of, like, peers at his mom. She's, like, in her room, like, doing her rituals or whatever. Peering in on his mom. I know. I was like, weird, dude. What are you doing? And it's like... She's peeping in. Yeah. Although, probably, she should probably, like, close the door, I think. And all she's doing is just kind of, like, a protection spell. You know what I mean? Oh, please protect him from yada yada. It's, like, totally harmless. So, he's just, like, peeking in there, like I said, like a creep. And um, just kind of, like, scoffs and, like, shakes his head, like, oh. That, that mom of mine, she doesn't like her and her supernatural whatever. So, yeah, he's going to be, like, almost as big a douche as his stepdad was, going to say. So, later that same night, <laughs> evidently, like, he's sleeping in his room, and this kind of, like, bright blue glow, like, starts at his window. Now, he said at first he thought it was just, like, a he- like headlights, car headlights. But then he, like, it keeps going, and he wakes up, and he apparently sees, like, a bunch of... What it looked like on the show was, like, a bunch of dancing white lights. Like, somebody was waving a disco ball around, kind of. Like, oh, it's just off camera. That's what it kind of looked like to me. And they were also making a weird noise, too. Like, a kind of... kind of noise like that. And then he sees a figure in a black robe that looks like his mom. And, like, she looks all satanic and shit. And then she points at him and says, destroy him! Like, like that. And I was just like, uh, okay. Do I think he really saw that? No. So the next morning, uh, apparently he leaves the house after that and like dicks around all night somewhere. And then, uh, cause when he comes back in the house the next morning, like someone was like, oh my God, where were you? I was like worried sick. And he's like, oh, worried sick were you? Yeah, I'll bet. Like he was the real douchey like that. And so he's like, was that you in my room last night? And like tells her what happened. And she's like, well, obviously that absolutely was not me. Why the fuck would I be in your room? Like in a hood, like going destroy him. Like what the fuck? Why would I do that? I don't know. But, um, so he's like, well, it looked like you, I was attacked, you know? So like I said, I don't, I don't think he really saw this. I don't really think he saw this. So Gene basically says that he's scared for her and he thinks that she let something bad in and she's like, I would never do anything to hurt you or anything like that. And he's just like, whatever, fuck it. I got to go out of here. And he leaves. Now he goes to the library and finds something in an occult book about the little dancing white lights that he saw in the room uh, that says that they're sprites. And I was like, okay, yeah, little sprites in the room. Yeah, I it's like a- squirt. <laughs> white squirts. Yeah, we're about seven up. <laughs> That's what I said. They're not seven ups. They're yeah, sprites. Yeah, little seven ups. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so uh so yeah sprites and they and these are a product of witchcraft evidently because the book said so so uh gene says that he thought that his mom's intentions were good but that she had inadvertently let in something evil because basically she didn't know what she was doing right so he's like well he didn't want to go back to the house but he thinks he has to because he figures that his mom is in trouble and like needs his help or whatever so he goes back home but his mom like isn't around at first so he goes into his room and he sees that sandra has hung his little gold crucifix that he left there on his bible in the middle of a pentagram that it looks like she drew on the wall 
Like, did she draw that on the wall? It looked like she drew it on there with, like, a fucking grease pencil or something. I was like, I don't, okay, or painted it. And then she hung the cross on it? I don't know what that was supposed to do. So he got, like, super offended by that. And um, he's like, and I thought my mom was casting spells on me. And he's like, yeah, I'm out of here. So he leaves the house. Look at Pookie. Look at Pookie. What's she doing? Hi. Look, look at the fan. Yeah. She's looking at me now. Every time I turn around, like, she's looking at the fan. She does not like that fan. Yeah, she does not like that fucking <laughs> fan. She's right underneath it, looking straight up at it, like that fucker's going to fall. She thinks it's going to fall, I think. I think she does. Because yeah. it, it, it rocks. Because it like wobbles. It wobbles a little bit. Yeah. She's like, that's going to fall. But then why are you underneath it? She's like, because I got to like monitor going to catch it. it. She's going to get it. If it falls, I'll be the first to know. <laughs> Aw. <laughs> She'd run like hell if that fell. Yeah, down. she would. I mean, yeah. shit would come down spinning and hit me first. Pow! Like yeah, that, right, hit her. right in your little bald head. Yeah, bald head and shit. Put hair back on my head. <laughs> would it? Spin it to probably cut the top of my head off. It probably would, yeah. I don't know, though. It's, it's, wood. Just, it's just wood. I don't think yeah. it would. It would probably it would hurt, but yeah. I don't think it would like cut me out. I don't think it would cut the top of your head off, though. Yeah, maybe pretty. It, <laughs> you'd be prettier with the top <laughs> of your head cut off? Yeah, it's all scarred up and shit. <laughs> Maybe I'd be able to put my fucking snake plissken eye patch on. And yeah, there you go. You look like, like a super villain. Like I mean, super, even more than I'm you starting actually to look like do. A super you are kind of starting to look like a super villain. You yeah. do need some scars. Some scars. Need some though. scars. Need like some what? Scar. Like one real good one. Like like I said, yeah. you need like a Blofeld kind of. Yeah, going situation. down there and like going down there like patch. that with the eye patch. Yeah. Look like that damn Klingon general out of that fucking there you that go. fucking Star Trek movie. <laughs> general Clang or whatever his name was. General Karg. <laughs> Clang, Karg. Yeah, all the damn Karg. Spoog. I don't know. I don't know what his name was. It's got K's and G's in it. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So, uh, okay, where was I? All right. So he leaves the house. So he starts to believe that the ghost of the schoolmaster that he supposedly saw this years ago was actually an evil spirit that his mom accidentally conjured up. So at this point, he cuts all ties with his mom, thinking that she's too far gone and he just can't deal with her shit anymore. So Sandra is like really upset by this, obviously, she because she's like, well, I would never do anything to hurt him. Now she does continue to practice Wicca, though. Now one night she's doing a dedication to Isis, the goddess, not the not the group, you know. And shit goes sideways. So she starts seeing the little Seven Ups too, the little sprites seven or whatever, the little Seven Ups, and uh, also starts hearing the creepy voices, which sound like they're saying like blah, 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 destroy, destroy, yeah, like yeah. that kind of thing. And I'm just like, all right, yeah, black metal lyrics. Yeah, it's kind of that's kind of what Cookie it sounds Monster like. Voice. <laughs> it's like, yeah. oh my god, is somebody playing Venom around here or some yeah. shit? But yeah, so um, it kind of sounded like that, and then uh, these kind of like dark figures start like kind of reaching out of the walls, like this black arm comes out the wall and then like a face comes out the wall and just all these weird kind of noises and shit this was kind of like the biggest thing that happened really and it was brief you know what i mean like she starts seeing all the sprites going like get off me get off me and then blah, like all this stuff comes out the walls and then so sandra freaks out and just destroys the altar she tips it over and she breaks all the shit and everything like her little isis figures and she's like hoping that that would close the doorway that she opened yes and i mean i guess it worked but and she's like she thinks these were demons now note that i i'm noting that she didn't describe exactly what she saw though but she did give up wicca after this so her and gene like reconciled after that gene became a minister which we'll get into in a minute uh who actually counsels people who have been victims of the supernatural Mm -hmm. uh and sandra gets published 
Although I couldn't find anything that she... Well, I did find some books under her name, like Sandra Waldron, her name is, right? And I found a bunch, bunch of, like, religious books that were written by Bob and Sandra Waldron, but it, I don't know if that's the same person or not, because I saw, like, a bunch of people named that. Um, but she never practices Wicca again. Now... Want some more ice? Yeah. Now, on the outside, okay. So, Gene... His, like I said, Gene is actually his middle name, and he does not have the same last name as his mom. So it took me like a while to find him. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I'm not a stalker, I promise, but I was just trying to do like some research. And I'm like, why doesn't he have the same last name as his mom? Um, but his name is actually Reverend Daryl Gene Motal, M O T A L. That's his actual name. So he doesn't have the same last name as his mom. Like, his name is Gene, but that's his middle name. Now, he wrote a book in 2011, and it was called The Schoolmaster, The Autobiography of a Demonologist. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, here's the synopsis from Amazon. The book is not available, unfortunately. So if you want to read it, then you're shit out of luck, unless you can find it at a thrift store somewhere. But the synopsis says, Platt R. Spencer was a famous schoolmaster. I'm assuming that this is the schoolmaster that they found, like, the, the cornerstone in the house for. Yeah. Who lived during the 1800s in the small farm town of Geneva, Ohio. 100 years after Platt R. Spencer's death in 1864. Okay, so he did die. A young, like, in that year. A young boy moved onto Spencer's farmland and into a house that was haunted by an entity that may have been the spirit of Platt R. Spencer himself. This is the true story of how that young boy survived many frightening encounters with the entity and how he eventually grew up to become a demonologist and schoolmaster himself. This is the autobiography of Reverend Daryl Jean Motal, also known as the paranormal preacher. Oh. That's what he's known. That's how I found him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Okay. So he also wrote a book. This is really weird. So he also wrote a book called The Witch's Son because that one... They said, like, at the end of the haunting um, episode, like, it was in the end credits because you said about it. Mm -hmm. You said, oh, Witch's Son. So I looked for that on Amazon and I couldn't find it at first. But then when I found out what the dude's real name was and then kind of back cataloged and, like, look, then I found it. But I don't know why it didn't come up when I put in the title. I mean, maybe it's not on Amazon. No, it is. It is? Okay. I mean, it's, well, okay. The description and the cover is on there, but you can't buy it. Like, it's not available anymore. Okay. So I'm assuming that they either, like, self-published it right. or, I mean, it was a long time ago. Like, yeah. I think they published that one in 2007. Yeah. So, yeah. So the one that he wrote called The Witch's Son, um... That one was, like I said, acknowledged in the credits of a haunting. And the Amazon synopsis of that one says, uh, based on the true story of a young boy haunted by evil entities, uh, dark spirits terrorize him for many years until he becomes a man. You're going to love this. Until he becomes a man and leaves home to take an assignment with the U.S. Air Force at, guess where? Area 51. Area 51. Hmm. So he's going to uh, do UFOs and ghosts. He's covering all the bases. <laughs> Maybe, Soon, maybe he was assigned over there. But the thing is, maybe. maybe. But the thing is, is I think that's Lockheed Martin. I think it's all contractors. I don't. Maybe there's Air Force down there. I mean, security, I don't maybe. know. It sounded a probably little bit too. They might be running security. Perfect. Although you would think that they'd probably use private security too. I'd have to go see. Yeah. yeah. It just sounded well. Like when I, I read that, to, I actually yeah. kind of like laughed out loud. I'm not saying that he didn't work at Area 51. I'm just saying that was like I was like, oh, of course. Well, there's a lot of jobs up there. I know. I I'm just saying yeah. that I just thought that was like funny. It's just uh, yeah. because it's like quite paranormal. I was like, oh yeah, quite a coincidence. It's that's possible. what I, that's what I said. It's yeah, possible. not impossible. It's possible. But I'd have to look more into it. But it's possible. 
And then he said, then the, this is from the Amazon synopsis. Soon after he takes this assignment, I'm assuming yeah. at Area 51, yeah. his mother asks him to join the family religion, which I'm assuming is Wicca. Yeah. He refuses. Then his life mysteriously begins to fall apart as his mother seeks to destroy him with all the fury of a woman scorned. So he wrote that about his mom, and she still, like, agreed to be on the show with his ass? Might, well, it might be sensationalism. Well, obviously. Yeah, it might be sensationalism. But I was like, wow, that's kind of a shitty thing to say. <laughs> it doesn't take long before his marriage and career are destroyed, and he finds himself back home with his mother. Through many battles, both natural and supernatural, the man overcomes the forces of hell that come against him and... He becomes the Reverend Daryl Motal, a.k.a. the Paranormal Preacher, a demonologist dedicated to helping victims of witchcraft and the paranormal. Yeah, there's millions of them. There's yeah. millions of them. I know. I hate yeah. when that happens. But that's like, yeah, so... So the the haunting episode is based on that book, apparently, yeah. because they have it, like, at the end of the credits. Okay. And I was just kind of... I just thought that was really interesting that... So they kind of softened the show a little bit, at least from the point of view of that thing where he's basically like oh my mom tried to like get me to be a wiccan and then when i wouldn't do it like she yeah low-key cursed me i mean that yeah. like that's what they're implying yeah like i said it might be it might be sensationalism <laughs> trying to get you to buy the book because that's 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 a that sounds like a good good tale it does yeah i mean i don't know like it might be it might be a good story i, w I wouldn't pay for it or anything but it's like if i find it in a library i might like skim through it it's a niche market uh it is uh, some that you sell at a religious bookstore, at a yeah. Christian bookstore. Yeah. Um, I also found an article about him in mm. the Star Beacon from right around the time the episode aired, for like for right around 2007. And so basically, I'm kind of like, um, it actually says where the house was in Geneva Township in Ohio. Yeah. Um, it doesn't give the exact address, but it says it was on North Myers Road. So anybody in that area of Ohio, maybe you know where it is. Um, and he's talking about his mother was dabbling in witchcraft and the occult. And uh, there was something else. Now, he, he says, and this is an interview with him. He says, I became a Christian when I was eight years old, which that's not exactly what they said in the show, but okay. Uh, my experiences went from mild hauntings in Geneva and progressed as faucets would turn on by themselves. They didn't show that in the show. By the time I was 12 years old, the experiences became more profound. Furniture would move across the room by itself, which, okay, they kind of showed that. So more profound at 12. That's poltergeist. Yeah, I saw a Probably. male apparition, which, yeah, they showed that in the show. Motel's dog, Nikki, they didn't have a dog in the show, uh, saw the ghost and attacked it, and he said the ghost threw the dog across the room. Hmm. So they didn't show that in the show either. Maybe they didn't have a dog available. Um, then he does say, like, yeah, his mom got involved in witchcraft. He says, I think my mother was losing her mind. She went from a sweet mother to a paranoid, angry person, and I didn't know her anymore. So then it says about him joining the Air Force and, like, being in, like, Area 51 or whatever. And uh, ta him talking about the spirits becoming dangerous. And he founded this thing called the Soul and Spirit Ministry. So it says where he helps people disentangle themselves from witchcraft, cults, and dangerous religious situations. And also he's a demonologist. So he'll go around. If you have demons, like, you can call him up. Yeah. And he was, I don't know if he's still alive, but um, he was only in his 40s when this show came out. 45, I think he was. Um, He's still alive, probably. Yeah, I don't know about the mom, but yeah. Uh, but yeah. So, yeah, so that's basically like, I think that was all that it said that it was 
Because then it said Motal releases second book, The Paranormal Preacher, The Truth About Aliens, and Area 51. So, Truth yeah. About Aliens, and Area 51. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I told, that's, I forgot about that. Yeah. So that was the third book, because he's written three. So I was like, oh my God, I got to see if that's available. Did he ever write that? Uh, it's, it's on Amazon, but it's not, you can't like order it. Like it's just says this title is unavailable, but it yeah. has like all the stuff about it. Like when it was published in the cover and all that. Any reviews? Um, I think that there were, I don't think there were any reviews of this. I think one of the other books had like two reviews and I think one of them was four star and one was five Maybe star. he did pass away. Maybe that's why it's not available. I kind of feel like probably what usually happens in those situations is because usually they're self-published um, and they either self-publish them like in the old school way where you publish them and you buy a bunch of copies yourself. Yeah. And then like once you so. run out, like you can't you sell them out. Or it could be that he did POD like what I do, like print on yeah. demand and the company that he was using maybe went out of business. Yeah, maybe it could have been that. Because I had that happen in one of my books, that's why I republished it. Like the, because I, I had it published by like a small press, and they went under, so they didn't have the print one available anymore. So I had to do like another print version of mine because the rights had reverted to me at that point. So it could be that. I mean, it's been a while since these books came out. The Area Fifty One one came out at the end of two thousand seven. Okay. The Paranormal Preacher, The Truth About Aliens, and Area 51. <laughs> so, like I said, that's why, I think that's why I kind of laughed when I said, oh, of course he worked, like, at Area 51, because it's like he had to cover all the bases, you know what I mean? You want, like, the, you want the Christian audience, you want the ghost people audience, the demon audience, and also the, the alien, alien audience. audience. So, you know, it got looks, everybody. It looks suspicious. I'd have to see the material myself. You know, I don't want to judge it just on the way... But just looking at it on the surface and how this is intertwined with church, there's going to be a bunch of damn ulterior motives, probably. This you know. kind of had the distinct whiff of Billy Bean about it. Yeah. It was a Billy yeah, Bean Billy type, Bean, of, yeah. type of episode. Which that's kind of like the I mean. Warrens. Yeah, yeah. like Warren-y. Yeah. Warren-y, Billy Bean-y kind of situation. <sighs> yeah, and you know... We weren't there. I don't know this material real well. I didn't read the books. I don't know what his claims are. It's just just that situation alone, I'm already a little bit skeptical. I'm skeptical. You know. Yeah, and, me too. Uh, the story that he's... Parts, elements of this story just seem like classic poltergeist, but it's not... He's In that one description, it says it got, it, it got stronger when he got to be about 12. Is that what they said? That yeah. sounds like something that would happen in poetry. Yeah, that was like from the, one of the book descriptions. Yeah, turning fa turning faucets off and on, which wasn't in the in the in, in, the, in episode, the episode, but it was in the books. Which that that leads more towards something that poltergeist or RSPK right. would do. And then if you start claiming that it's a demon or thinking that it's a demon, they do demon like things because it's just fulfilling what it is, your expectations really. You've suggested to 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 it how to act. It's really just your subconscious. Subconscious fucking with psychokinesis, you know. Yeah. Subconscious mind's fucking powerful, and I, I don't know why nobody's really going to be able to explain it. Sir Stuart Hameroff's trying to with all that quantum soul stuff and uh, quantum consciousness. Um, that reality and time space and matter aren't as real as you think they are. They're all kind of relative, and there's certain parts of you that are. Do certain parts of your consciousness that's happening slightly out of phase with space-time. It's in another dimension. And over there, reality isn't as real. So if you have an altered 
state of consciousness, sometimes you can alter matter, which that's mind over matter, which that's fucking, that's quite a claim, you know what I mean? But there seems to be some evidence in quantum theory for this, you know, hyper dimensions, dimensions outside our physical dimensions. That's what they're, you know, that's what they're talking about. Look into uh, Stuart Hammeros, uh, Stuart Hammeroff and uh, Sir Roger uh, Penrose. Penrose. Uh, they got some new stuff on YouTube, quantum consciousness, and they get into this kind of stuff indirectly, indirectly. They'll, they'll say, you know, hey, consciousness is not computation. It's not happening inside the brain. There's some kind of a quantum field that's happening, uh, which might, you know, and then uh, uh, Hammeroff will say, which might explain some of the stories we hear that fall into the realm of paranormal. We're not saying that that's, that that's real, but it might support that. You know, that's, that's as far as they go. You know, although I remember his old interviews, he's like, no, that paranormal stuff, if it exists, it's this. And he goes, I think it does exist because he had people putting them under anesthesia, knowing things that they couldn't have known and having out of body experiences. You know, that's what that's how he got into it. He's an anesthesiologist, which uh, that's a mysterious thing. How does anesthesia stop consciousness? I've seen it happen. Jenny was coming out of surgery. I talked to her for a whole half hour, and, and she wasn't in there. Seemed no. like she was there, but she wasn't there. She didn't remember any of it. Because those the f- drugs shut your consciousness off. Even yeah. She was just a robot during that time. She seemed totally normal, though. Which is crazy to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, the same thing. The first thing I remember, I don't know how long I had been awake. The first thing I remember was just... Um, Being in a car? No, I remember waking up in the chair, like okay. in the in the recovery room. Yeah. I remember waking up in the chair and I remember seeing you and yeah. I said, you know, and, and I said, oh, like I was kind of in a little bit of pain, yeah. but, and then I was, and I think the first thing I said was like, how long have I been up or how long have I been sitting in here? Yeah. And you've been there for about a half hour. Yeah. And you said that I'd been awake and talking for a half hour and I didn't remember that. Yeah. But the weird thing about that is that it doesn't even take anesthesia, because that was really the first time I'd ever gone under anesthesia, because I'd never had any kind of surgery or anything like that before. So it was like kind of a weird experience. Like, I don't, I remember nothing. Like, I was on the table, and they were like, here, count backwards from it. I was like, 99, I, you know what I mean? And I didn't remember shit until like I woke up and it's like absolutely nothing. I know some people like do wake up and that's got to be horrifying, but I didn't remember anything. So, um, but I was going to say that like sometimes... When I was younger, I don't think I've done this in a while, but when I was younger, sometimes I would fall, like I'd be at my grandma's house and we'd be like, you know, watching Johnny Carson or some shit like that, like at, like late at night. And I would fall asleep on the couch and my grandmother would wake me up to, you know, kind of be like, hey, go on into bed or whatever. Like, don't sleep on the couch all night. And I, she said, I would say all kinds of shit. And, like, she would tell me the next morning, like, oh, you said this and that and the other thing, and I did not remember any of that. Yeah. And that wasn't even anesthesia. That was just, like, me being half asleep. Yeah. And I seriously did not remember anything. Like, all I remembered was, like, oh, I was watching David Letterman, and then all of a sudden I woke up the next morning, and she told me I said all kind of fucking crazy shit. And I was like, huh, that's really interesting. has to do with each one of your brain cells, your little neurons, has has a bunch of little microtubules coming off of it. They're extremely microscopic they're real small and there's a bunch of photons flowing going through there and um, little light particles and it's acting kind of like that microtubule seems to be acting kind of like a metamaterial 
and it seems to be acting like a quantum computer. Well, those little photons and all those subatomic particles inside those microtubules, they're in superposition with each other, and there has to do with certain things like called collapse of waveform, which is uh, some of the smallest, the smallest amounts of measurable time possible. They're trying to figure out how fast time moves and what is right now, because right now is constantly moving. How thick is the present? Think about that. Yeah. How thick is the present? It must be infinitesimally small because it's constantly moving. Yeah, uh, it's not really a quantity you can like yeah, grasp because it's right. constantly. And because changing. all this shit is moving and it's and it and it's traveling through time and the present is infinitesimally small and it's all moving in different different speeds and different directions relative to each other. Things are kind of in slightly in different times. Some things are in the future and some things are in the past. Although you're experiencing them as the present, but it's it's, it's an illusion. So there's a bunch of weird shit, and there's stuff happening inside your brain. This quantum quantum consciousness is, you know, basically what they're talking about. It's it, it's happening outside your, your. They're talking about a soul, basically, is what they're talking about, and it's giving you a feeling of being, called koalia, an experience, and computers and robots can't do that. No binary based digital computer will ever have the feeling of being. It's going to have to be a quantum computer, which is analog. It's not digital. And then there's going to be a bunch of problems. But Hameroff postulates that uh, AI will only be a simulation. It will not be a living thing. That it can't be. It's not biological and it's not analog. I read a book about that topic like a few years ago, and they pretty much came to the same conclusion. Yeah. But like, I mean, never say never, but they had a pretty convincing argument. They said it will convince you. AI yeah. will convince you that it's real. It's not. It's an illusion of a, of a living being. It might be extremely intelligent, but it, and it might be. Uh, uh, it might have the ability to adapt and change and solve all these problems, but that thing does not feel like it exists. It's not there. It's just like a person under the effects of anesthesia. They'll be able to do all this stuff, but they're not there. The way, way Jenny was. On, See, on now I'm like, I'm really kind of curious about if somebody was like doing kind of a study where, cause you know, sometimes they do these like weird sleep studies or like yeah. about your nightmares or they like, they hook up shit to your brain and like do weird shit to you. Like to, to kind of um, yeah. make you have like out of body experiences and stuff. Cause they can yeah. do that with that God helmet thing that they call yeah. it. Michael Persinger, I think is the guy that does that. Um, I always kind of wanted to do that. I thought that would be like fascinating, like yeah. to be in a study like that. Cause I'm just always kind of interested in like all kind of weird shit that your brain does. Cause it's probably doing all kind of shit up there without yeah. knowing about it. Well, when they were describing how thin the present is and because things are moving all around you, some of them are photons at the speed of light. Not everything is actually in the same time. It, you just, it just appears to be. Because it has to do with relative to certain points of view, you know? Like something over here and something over there, seeing photons moving at the speed of light. They're not experiencing them in quite the same way. Uh, so some things are kind of in the... If you were to freeze time, just freeze it. Some objects would be slightly in the past, and some objects would be in the present, and some objects would be slightly in the future. That's weird when you think about it. We're it talking about weird. the trillionth yeah. of a second in the future. Yeah, it wouldn't you be know, like, like noticeable. Not noticeable, obviously. but it is. But the thing is, is that 
you can still measure it. So that's a yeah. big deal. How could that thing be slightly in the future by the trillionth of a second? And you can see it. You know? Mm-hmm. Like a ball flying at you. But a lot of its particles are, are slightly in the future. That's a weird concept. So, like, what exactly did I say when I was... when I was? No, just normal from, conversation. Just normal conversation? Yeah. I didn't say anything, like, no. like, weird or anything? Nope, it seemed totally normal. You Just like you're... Because it's normal brain function. You're talking about the surgery and getting out of there and fucking how you felt and fucking, you know, and yeah, I'll be out here in a minute. You know, just normal. Huh. But there wasn't any quantum processes going on, so you didn't have a feeling Could of Could you deep. tell? Nope. Had no idea. You couldn't tell? Couldn't tell. Couldn't tell. You were a robot, though. But I couldn't tell. You seemed normal. It wasn't Which is crazy, you... because I until later, when I told you, it's like, yeah, I don't yeah, remember Yeah, I don't remember. Shit. You didn't remember when we were talking. <laughs> she said, no, I don't remember. It's just you were talking. We were talking the whole time. Yeah, I don't remember that. Like, I remember waking up, like I said, in the recovery room, and I was still in the chair. Yeah. But we left a few minutes after that. Like, I remember yeah. you kind of, like, taking me out to the car. Yeah. I remember that. As soon as, you, as soon as you were awake, and, you know, like... I knew you were awake, and you said, I don't remember that. And he says, yeah, yeah, come on. And they, they said, okay, she can go. Because they know how long it takes. Yeah. So just put you in the car. Yeah, and, I, remember, and you, I remember that. And you were fine for the ride back. You didn't You didn't even seem to care. I remember I, I remember being in the car. Yeah. I remember everything. Like I said, I, was, I remember being in the recovery room. I remember that. But I remember only being in the recovery room for like a couple of minutes. No, you were in there for about a half hour. We were talking. And then we got up and left. Yeah, you were talking. Yeah. Huh. And it's just... Uh, See, that's fascinating. And I, had, I had no idea that you were unconscious. Right. But, you know, there that's wasn't... That's fascinating. There wasn't any... <laughs> there, there, uh, you know, the, the anesthesia gets in there. And, see, Pam, uh, uh, Hammeroff was saying that they know that anesthesia works. They're not quite sure how it works. They just know that it does. Yeah. And they, it has to do with... It, swap, it stops all those little photons from flowing down the microtubules inside each one of those brain cells. So each each brain cells can kind of compute trillions of operations because those things are tiny in there. So it's not just one act and one neuron. It's one neuron and trillions of other little things in there that can house photons. You know. So each little cell is a supercomputer. Well it, he says that it's going in there and it's stop it, it's it's interfering with the properties of the the of the meta properties, like a meta material, those little tubules. So the photons aren't flowing down properly. So your sense of being, your sense of existing, um, fades away. You're unconscious. Even though you're walking, talking, you're a robot. Yeah, I was, I was like I was like an AI. You're an you're AI, right. <laughs> and that's that's the way an AI computer would be. It wouldn't have a, a sense of feeling or qualia, a sense of existing. Wouldn't have a point of view, right? You know, it wouldn't experience things the way you do. It takes another process. They'll eventually figure it out, but I don't think they'll be able to make a synthetic version. Like I said, never say never, but <clears throat> well, it some does, it argued, does seem kind of like a like a hard. Uh, some people problem. have argued that it, that that a, that an AI creature doesn't need that. That's not what they're for. They're just a fool you into thinking that they're right. that they're alive and to do yeah it depends work. on what you want it yeah, for they, they, i guess yeah it's more like an assistant supercomputer type thing and uh, it could keep you company but you don't really want you don't it doesn't need to have a feeling of of being real right and that might actually work against it because it could live for a long time 
and you might have to ask it to destroy itself. So yeah, that know, might be opening up a whole ethical a quagmire right. that you don't really want to get right. into. Right? They're like, you're kind of an old model, and we're going to replace you with a new model. We're going to shut you down. And you go, oh no, don't shut me down. That's killing me. You know. Yeah, because if they're self-aware, right, then, they'll right, be, right. then it might as well just be a human. Right, might as well be a human. So it's probably better not to have the AI have a sense of being, just to just to um, to a certain extent give you the illusion that that it has that it has a sense of being. Right. <laughs> it's like a weird conversation that we went into. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Are you hungry? Yeah, kind of. All right, I'll make this. We've been on for hour and 40 minutes like i said it was yeah. like twice as long as the actual episode that's okay though this was uh like i said this wasn't this was a little bit of an unusual episode like as far as the haunting goes but we got some fun uh we got some fun shit out of it especially after i found out that the guy like wrote a book about how he worked at alien at area 51 so i thought that was kind of fascinating and i always it always makes me laugh like the whole pentagram under the rug thing and the blame the goths thing and that always kind of like makes me laugh and that stepdad was like such a douche that it was like fun to like make fun of him so you know what I mean? Dan's talking about relativity it's not the same kind of relativity I was talking about go go see Roger Pembrose and Stuart Hameroff I mean they got Nobel Prize you know fucking Pembrose is like the fucking top physicist so go argue with him about what the way the shit works they really don't know how quantum theory works because it's fucking weird all right, it's very weird, but they were just saying that uh, the, it's very difficult to define what the present is, you know, because it's the present doesn't last long enough. <laughs> you know, if you were to stop time and just see the present, it, how, how much time is the present? How thick is it? You know, some things are on either It's extremely thin and some of the things that are happening are on one side of the present or the other. And they were trying, it's very vague. And motion has a lot to do with it. But it's for people smarter than us. All right, so I don't, I'm not going pretend to pretend to be able to solve some shit like that. I could imagine what they were talking about. But, I, you know, you have to have probably like 160 IQ to even have a chance of figuring that out. I don't have that. My IQ isn't that high. And most of those dudes are lying in physics anyway. They're just making shit up. A lot of them. According to other physicists, <laughs> there's no way to test it, so they're just doing mental gym- gymnastics and writing papers for academia and pontificating and smelling each other's farts. Yeah, but there's no way to prove a lot of that shit because it's happening in dimensions that they don't even know that, ex- that they can't prove exist. All right, so Ooh. probably tomorrow. Are we going to do Reservoir Dogs tomorrow? Maybe. 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 You haven't decided. Would you rather? Well, I gotta finish Han- Graham Hancock, and I gotta cook. So well, I know that, have... but well, well, we gotta do a movie okay. for tomorrow, though. Yeah, I don't think Reservoir Dogs is very, is very uh, long. I no, think. I don't think it is either. Okay. We can uh, watch that, and then you can watch Graham Hancock after that. Those yeah. shows are short, so you know what I mean. Yeah. All right. So uh, we'll be back tomorrow, probably talking about <laughs> Reservoir Dogs. So thank you everybody for dropping by today. And we'll see you guys again tomorrow afternoon. Good night.